0: in Oregon, the Rose City. The NTT IndyCar Series is back in the Pacific Northwest. We're ready to go racing here at
1: Portland International Raceway. Good crowd here. Here we go! And Dixon great, gets great, a great. nice jump on the inside of Rossi. Alex Pillow has your race lead. His teammate Scott Dixon's going to take a look to the inside. Dixon's going to run into the side of Pillow as three or four cars go off the racetrack. Oh! Cars spinning, cars wrecking everywhere. Romain Grosjean, Will Power, Oliver Askew was involved. Both Ganassi cars. Pillow and Dixon missed the turn Full course yellow, full course yellow Alright Alex, so the start wasn't ideal But we'll get that back Yeah
2: man, but slow it, come
1: on Let's take another look here Watch Rosenquist, the third blue and orange car See that little tap right there Rosenquist hits Dixon
0: Dixon shoots up the inside of Pillow And that's what forced Pillow wide
1: Alright, so all those back markers From about 15th or 16th back And stopped uh, We're guessing they're going to try to two stop it
0: Alright, we're getting ready to go to green. Thankfully, the field has been reorganized. There were eight of the 27 cars pitted. Pato Award, he jumps out like a rabbit! (laughs) And away we go! Very smart move by Pato to make the jump on that start.
3: Hall has not won in four years, Mike.
1: This be the day, he's getting away after a good pitch stop.
0: 7.6 seconds, now watch for it, watch the blend. Look for the black and orange, Jarry McLaren SP machine. How to award at the start-finish line, but he's got it. He's got him easily. Check this out, Rossi's gonna beat him out. Now the next guy to come is gonna be Pallone. He just laid down a big lap time, the fastest lap on the track right now.
1: Pushing real hard, he's overtaken to stay as close to making as possible, keep pushing. How much you want me to push? 100%. 100%, 100%. Use lots of overtake, Hit this lap, Hit. 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 This is a critical pit stop, championship on the line. Check this out, look to Computers the left, get ready. Out, yeah. Here comes Pillow, easily oh, out well, ahead of clear. Alexander Rossi. Well clear. Dixon against his teammate, who's going to get out? Look to the right, there's Pillow, easily
0: handled it. Oh, now it's on between Rossi, Dixon, Dixon on cold tires. Rossi's got to set this up, there you go. That's the way to get right, it done. Side,
1: clear. Full
3: course yellow, full course yellow. Is this bad for us? They're going for the win. It uh, makes it more challenging. Copy.
1: Simon Pagino has spun around turn number seven. A full course yellow flag is going to bunch up this field with 24 laps to go. Yes, what it's going to do is make an exciting race to the finish. Now, everybody's got enough fuel. But you remember, it blows on black tires. Everybody going for the early jump on restarts here.
0: It's worked out well. Joseph Newgarden getting around Rosenquist. Look at the yellow car. Colton Hurd on Scott McLaughlin going inside. Big lockup, takes the position. McLaughlin hangs
1: tough on the outside. Oliver Askew in the high V Honda gets turned.
0: Oh, stalled he it. stalled it. Uh, That's to go, it's all you can do. So we're gonna have another restart. Green, blow one
1: even earlier that time, getting a huge jump coming onto the front straightaway. Rossi's gonna be getting frustrated here.
3: All of the cars behind you are on
2: red. All of them. That's gonna be exciting. Alex, there's no concern on fuel, but if makes it to one, you
1: can use it. Last lap, nice and smooth. Absolutely brilliant drive today, particularly staying out of trouble with his teammate there on the start. Yes, they had to take the drive-through. Yes, they got unlucky. A masterful drive today. Alex Pillow looking for his third win of the season. He had never been to Portland International Raceway in competition prior to this weekend. It's a brand new track for him. Alex Pillow wins in Portland and retakes the championship lead. Congratulations, man. Awesome. Great job, Spencer. Great performance today. Oh, boy, thank you so
0: much. You guys are the best. Uh, I love you guys, and that was your two thousand and twenty one. Grand Prix of Portland, Uh, but uh, obviously we're going to, well, we may uh, have a uh, different winner coming up this weekend. Uh, Welcome to the 14th episode, yes. 14th episode of the push to pass podcast. I am Derek Vance and bringing in our uh, co-hosts. We, uh, we, 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 we popped this cherry, so to say uh, last week, but uh, bringing him back for a uh, week, number two, and hopefully uh, many weeks to come, uh, Josh Roberts is joining us. Josh, I'm not sure how much you got to catch of the grand Prix of Portland uh, last year, but a, a interesting race, uh, you know, Alex Plo used that to, um pole vault him to uh to the top and we may see a lot more of that uh this weekend and, and we'll get into the preview here shortly but uh, uh how you been
1: i'm good how about you been how you been Derek? i'm uh just hanging out watching some football and other than that not not doing much
0: yeah, I do see that uh, there are uh, college football games uh, starting, so an exciting weekend there. Not only uh, exciting weekend, uh, week one of college football, uh, but we have uh, we're, we're down to the nitty gritty. Uh, two races left uh, this weekend in Portland, which we'll talk about, and then uh, next weekend I believe at uh, Laguna Seca uh, to uh, to end the year. So. A lot to talk about here uh, in the next hour or so. Uh, we are going to be joined by uh, two uh, two different guests uh, this evening. Uh, the first one that's going to uh, uh, to join us, I uh, had the opportunity uh, to meet this gentleman down in Nashville. Can't wait to uh, uh, talk to him again, uh, Mike Jokum, uh, the co-host and founder of Pit Lane Parlay is going to be uh, joining us to talk about uh, this upcoming race this weekend uh, in Portland and then as always uh, Mike from burnout sports and burnout bets uh, is going to uh, to be joining us uh, as well but uh, before we get to those let's take a look Josh at uh, what we have coming up here uh, this weekend uh, in uh, in in Portland so let's go to the uh, to the preview. Of uh, of the Grand Prix of uh, Portland, if I do my graphics uh, correctly, but uh, as uh, as we've noted here, the the NTT IndyCar Series is now winding down to just two races left, and uh, Josh, I think it's safe to say that the championship uh, race is is definitely uh, heating up as the uh, IndyCar drivers uh, find themselves this weekend in Portland. Uh, actually, it's uh, right outside of uh, right outside of Portland, actually in uh, Vanport, uh, Oregon. If anyone's ever been there, uh, to the uh, Portland International Raceway for the Grand Prix of uh, Portland, uh, the the Portland International Raceway, uh, one point nine six seven mile track, uh, twelve uh, it's a twelve turn uh, road course. So we got uh, you know the last two races uh, of the year. Going to see uh, road courses both at uh, Portland. A bug flying around uh portland and uh, and, and laguna seca uh, it's going to be uh, 105 laps or uh, 207 miles uh, the entry list uh, just uh, took a peek at that a little bit ago uh, uh joe you know your, your, your regulars uh, joseph newgarden scott mclaughlin uh, dalton kellett Pato award uh, elio castroneves felix rosenquist uh, marcus erickson scott dixon alex Palou. Uh, Will Power. Uh, talking of, of, of Marcus Erickson, Josh, uh, you've seen the livery uh, last year for Alex Pillow, uh, the PNC bank machine, um, familiar with um, Scott Dixon. Well, this year, uh, Marcus Erickson is going to have that same uh, livery on his uh, uh, machine uh, this weekend, so it's going to be interesting to uh, to see that. Not only are you going to see it, obviously, on Scott Dixon, uh, but you're going to see it on Marcus Erickson as well. Uh, Will Power, current points leader, uh, uh, Kyle Kirkwood, Graham Rahal, David Malukas, Connor Daly, Renus VK, Colton Herta, Alexander Rossi, Roman Grosjean, uh, Devlin DeFrancesco. I finally got that one right. Uh, Christian Lungard, Jack Harvey, Jimmy Johnson, Takuma Sato, Simon Pagano and Callum Eilat round out the entry list uh, before we get into more of this josh uh, let's take a preview from one of the drivers participating uh in, in in this weekend's race and i think one that you are going to uh, uh to enjoy
2: uh, race weekend, in portland excited for another shot in the carvana honda i'm going back to a track that i really enjoyed driving out last year uh, We had a chance to test there last year uh, sadly not this but i just got back from laguna seca I'm feeling good with the car and and glad that I got those extra laps and experience heading into a race weekend. Uh, So excited for it. Looking forward to being in the Pacific Northwest, such a beautiful area of the country. And I can't wait to get out there and get racing.
0: Thanks to uh, your favorite driver there, uh, Jimmy Johnson, in the number 48 uh, Carvana Honda. Uh, to uh, take a little bit of time to uh, preview uh, Portland. Uh, But uh, for people that aren't familiar, Josh, with uh, uh, the Grand Prix of Portland, uh, the Portland International Raceway opened in 1961 on the former location of the city of Vanport, uh, which was destroyed by uh, a Memorial Day 1948. Uh, I can't think of anybody that I know uh, alive in 1948 flood. The 12 turn 1.964. Six four mile natural road course is relatively flat, uh, but contains several spots for passing opportunities, including a quick uh, chicane at the end of the front stretch, a hard breaking right hand turn in turn seven, leading into a sweeping back stretch, and a three turn complex leading back into the front stretch. Uh, famous driver Unser jr who won the first indycar series race in 1984 in 1997 uh, the race set the now current all-time record for the closest two-car and closest three-car finish in ntt indycar series racing history on a road course uh, mark blundell uh, beat uh, second place gilda farron by 0.027 of a second and beat third place Raul uh, Boshel Beche- Be- by 0.055 of a second in a three wide finish. <laughs> Uh, the the push to pass, uh, you know where we got where you got the idea the push to pass uh, parameters. Uh, they're gonna have 200 uh, total seconds uh, time with a max time of 20 seconds per activation. Uh, as for tire allotment, uh, you're gonna have the six sets of the primary black tires, uh, four sets of the pro- of the alternate red tires. Uh, also, two teams must use at least one set of primary and one new set of alternate tires in the race and. Then and also note that a seventh set of the primary black tires uh, is available to any car fielding a rookie driver, uh, as we did at the open. Uh, Josh, there, uh, the 2021 race winner was obviously uh, Alex Palou uh, in the number 10 PNC Bank Honda. Uh, uh, coincidentally, uh, the pole winner. Uh, for last year's race was that same Alex Pillow in the number 10 NT and in the number 10 rather PNC Bank uh, Honda with a lap time of 58.7701 seconds at 120.360 miles per hour. Uh, if you're wondering what the qualifying record uh, is, it's held by Will Power with a lap time of 57 se- 57.2143 seconds at 123.4. 577 miles per hour, and that was set uh, September 1st, 2018. Uh, on, for the on-track uh, schedule, uh, what we have is uh, tomorrow uh, we'll have practice from 2.30 uh, to 3.45, and then on Saturday there'll be a uh, uh, at least a guaranteed uh, 45-minute practice from 9 to 10 a.m., And then at uh, 12.05 p.m., uh, they'll have the NTT P1 uh, award qualifying. That's going to be three rounds of knockout qualifying. And then after that, from 4.15 to 4.45, we'll have final practice. And then on Sunday – at uh, 12.23 p.m., uh, they're going to have the uh, the infamous driver start your engines. And then at 12.30, we will have the green flag drop of the Grand Prix of Portland. Like I said, 110 laps, uh, 216 miles. Uh, so let's get uh, back into this. Uh, Josh, I know you've uh, all week, I know you've been looking up things at Portland, uh, reviewing uh, old races and stuff. Uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed uh, heading into uh, to Portland this week uh, that you want to uh, you want to make uh, available to everyone.
1: Well, looking at the track, um, the first three turns are very treacherous. I can see them going into one, going into one, one and two. They just I'm going to see. I'm assuming there's going to be a couple cars taken out in that just in the first lap because everyone's going to be so overzealous. Because as we know, there are only two races left, and uh, the point, point standings are just razor thin to where one spot, one spot in the in the early uh, in the early going could get somebody a win and uh, and propel them to uh, to the championship. I mean, New Gardens just barely behind Willpower, and I like I said last week, I'm picking Will uh, No, sorry, taking New Garden as the uh, winner this uh, this week.
0: You know, it's interesting that you do bring up that uh, the, the points race there uh, because there are actually, uh, for people that didn't know this, there are seven drivers that are still mathematically eligible uh, for, to win the uh, 2022 uh, NTT IndyCar Series Points Championship. Uh, as you said, uh, Will Power holds that slim margin, uh, a three-point lead over Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Scott Dixon is 14 points behind. Uh, Marcus Erickson is 17 points behind. Alex Pillow is 43 points behind. Scott McLaughlin, 54 points behind. And uh, Pato Award is 58 points behind, respectively. Uh, Also keep in mind, any driver who trails the points leader by 54 points or more following this weekend's race at Portland will be eliminated from contention. So that's going to be... Uh, Something interesting uh, to see as well. Uh, Some of the race notes uh, that we have before uh, uh, Mike joins us. Uh, There have been eight different winners in the 15 NTT IndyCar Series races in 2022. You had uh, Scott McLaughlin, uh, who has two wins uh, at uh, St. Petersburg and Mid-Ohio this year. Then you had uh, Joseph Newgarden, who's been on one hell Uh, of a role, Uh, Texas Motor Speedway, Long Beach, Road America, uh, the first race in Iowa. You know, some could argue that uh, if he doesn't crash, he probably wins the second race in Iowa as well. And then uh, just this past uh, two weekends ago at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway. And then you have uh, Pato Award uh, winning at uh, Barber Motorsport Park earlier this year. And then the second race uh, in Iowa, uh, Colton Herta. Uh, winning the first road course race uh, during the month of May at the uh, at IMS, uh, Marcus Erickson, obviously winning the 500 this year. Then you had uh, Will Power in Detroit, uh, Scott Dixon in the streets of Toronto and Nashville, and then uh, Alexander Rossi uh, winning the second race that we had at uh, IMS, uh, the IMS road course earlier in the year as well. So uh, we could you know we could see nine different drivers. You know, we could see ten different drivers, obviously, uh, before this is uh, this is all said and done. So, definitely going to be uh, an interesting race, uh, I think. And uh, and just to uh, some milestones here, uh, before we bring our first guest in, uh, Josh, believe it or not, that uh, Scott Dixon will attempt uh, to make his three hundred and fifth consecutive start, 305th uh, consecutive start. Uh, this is the second longest streak in NTT IndyCar Series history. Uh, with his next uh, poll, P1, uh, Will Power will break a tie with uh, the GOAT, and, and no, that's not Jimmy Johnson, uh, Mario Andretti, uh, for the NTT IndyCar Series record for most career polls. Uh, both of them can, believe believe it or not, have 67 career P 67 and also to another not, side note here on willpower. Uh, with his next win, uh, Will will tie Michael Andretti for fourth on the all-time NTT IndyCar Series all-time victory victory list with forty-two. So definitely some storylines, some things to uh, keep our eye on uh, as we uh, gear up uh, for this weekend in uh, in in Portland uh, for the Grand Prix of Portland, but. Uh, somebody uh, alongside of us that's going to uh, be covering this race. Uh, finally, glad to be able to uh, work our schedules uh, out because uh, it, trust me, it's it's been a real a real pain in the backside uh, to uh, to get the guy on. Uh, quite quite the uh, the busy feller uh, this time of year, but finally was able to uh, get Mike on. Uh, Mike Jokum, uh, co-host and founder of Pit Lane Parlay, had an amazing time uh, meeting him, hanging out with him in Nashville. Uh, Mike. First of all, uh, thanks for uh, being able to yeah, carve a little bit of time out of your busy schedule uh, to uh, to join us. Uh, things have been uh, quite uh, chaotic uh, in uh, in your life uh, since Nashville,
2: dude. I the only probably the easiest reason why this week worked is because I was like, you know what? As much as I love the IndyCar race in Portland, I hate going to Portland. I really like don't like it at all. So I'm like, you know what? Last year I flew out of Portland and I said I'm not going next year like this is my this is my off weekend for the year so I'm glad I can work out um don't mind the dog in the background he's uh <laughs> he's he's a maniac so yeah I'm happy to be here
1: why don't you like Portland
2: you know that whole like keep portland weird like thing you see on the on the internet it's kind of not i mean it's weird but like there's a couple good restaurants there's there's not uh, it's just not for me and their media center like speaking from like I'm going to sound like real whiny here but their their media center is like a wooden box w- that like has no air conditioning and the sun by like mid afternoon is just beating down in there i remember last year me and a couple people who work for indycar were like literally hiding under the, the like the desk area just to get some shade and you know i was like I, I i try to take one or two off every year just to give myself a break and uh, okay. this is one that i don't have an issue taking off
0: yeah i've i've never been to portland so uh I, i'm you know i'm i think i'll stay here it sounds like by talking to uh some people along with you that, that just seems like maybe maybe this is one to uh to kind of put uh you know the week off, as you said, but uh, Mike, I do have a question. Um, you know what what got you into uh, covering uh, auto racing in, in this uh, profession we call journalism?
2: So it probably goes back to the fact that my dad, my grandpa, and my great grandpa all have worked in some capacity for IndyCar or USAC or whatever. So my grandpa and great grandpa were pit lane officials for USAC uh, mainly. Like on the East Coast, so like Langhorn Speedway, Trenton Speedway, Pocono, Nazareth, kind of up and down the East Coast, they would travel a lot too. And then when my dad turned 18, he started doing some pit lane stuff, but ended up doing more like timing and scoring uh, and did that until I think he said, an, I don't remember how old I was, but it was after I was born, you know, maybe 10, 11, something like that. So, yeah, I was just born into being a fan. And then when I about five I started the show five years ago, I wanted to be involved in racing. I didn't know how the only thing I knew is I didn't want to blog because I felt like everybody can blog and you can't there's no way to like stand out and I started a podcast with zero knowledge on what I was doing.
0: I, I definitely I know where you're coming from uh, there having you know zero, uh you know classes in in journalism or even in in broadcasting so i definitely know uh, yep. where you're coming from uh there so you know how did you decide on you know what is uh you know what is today what is known as uh, pit lane parlay how did you come up with that
2: man so my original co-host and i i we were friendly at the time on twitter and I just said, do you want to do a podcast? Like, literally, there's, there's no, like, grand story to this. It was, do you want to do a podcast? And we started it. It was, you know, the first, like, five or six were, like, okay. And then, I, then we had Joseph Newgarden on as our first guest, like, episode six. Got really lucky getting him on so early. And then it was just, like, kind of, like, working on it. Like, okay, you know, what do I, like, I guess, I guess... You know, we should probably take this more seriously. And uh, yeah, there's there's not a great story on how it came to be, other than I wanted to talk about IndyCar, and you know, now Formula One, and occasionally other racing.
0: It's interesting you bring that up because we've kind of ventured uh, that way too. Uh, obviously, you know, I tried to focus on on IndyCar, and and you know that that's ninety five percent of the show. But uh, last week we found ourselves with with a week off uh, discussing NASCAR and other things. So it's interesting that uh, you know you 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 were strictly IndyCar, but now you've kind of ventured out uh, a little bit into uh, into other racing. So uh, for people that may be uh, curious. Uh, Mike, you know what, what's it like following an IndyCar around? You know, I know you go to you know a majority uh, of the races, but for people that don't know the the nuts and bolts, the 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 behind the scenes, uh, being a uh, a journalist in IndyCar, uh, describe uh, the best you can to our audience what that's like.
2: Uh, it's a lot of waking up at if I'm if I'm flying. It's a lot of waking up at four in the morning to get to the airport and sleeping on uncomfortable airport benches uh, and then a lot of running around all weekend. You know, is it doing interviews? Is it, you know, paying attention to something on track or running back to the media center for a press conference or you know jotting down notes so I can do an interview later on because I have some content partnerships with a few teams and whatnot. So like the weekend to me is just a lot of, OK, where do I need to be in the next hour and figuring out, like, you know, OK, what time do I need to get up from my seat? And, you know, depending on the track, like Nashville, you know, it takes 25 minutes to walk anywhere. So it's how much buffer time do I need to build in to get there? And then what do I have right after that? So it's always like it's like planning three steps ahead for what you're about to do, because there's just always you, know, you get done an interview and it's, there's probably something on track. OK, what do I need to be paying attention do I have somebody else from the team with me that can pay attention so I can, you know, go back and just grab a cup of coffee afterwards or edit the interview or you know, edit the media bullpen where I'm editing six or seven interviews into an episode. So it's uh you know, it's it's not a lot of downtime except when you get stuck in lightning delays like we've seemed to have been the last couple weeks. But yeah, it's a lot of that or a lot of five to eight hour drives. And getting home at three o'clock in the morning, sort of deals, which is also not very fun. Mike, yeah.
1: um, what is your what's what's your favorite track outside of indie? Everyone seems to love indie because it's just the crown jewel.
2: Yeah. What's
1: your favorite track? Like the one where you enjoy the most?
2: Road America. He's you've. And it's also like I don't get to explore. Like I also base it on like you know, what city do I like? Like, you know, Airbnb or hotel or whatever, you know, a restaurant or a bar, even if it's like a hole in the wall place,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but it's got everything. It's got a, you know, a famous hole in the wall bar with good cheese curds and good beer, but also racetrack with awesome food options anywhere around the track. Like road America is one of the places where I'm like, you know what? I don't want the free lunch. I want to go pay for the cheese curds and, french fries or something like that from the from the one place i forget the name of it off the top of my head but yeah and i mean there's so many cool places to walk around and catch a different vantage point when you have the opportunity during a practice session or something like that and yeah it's it's just a beautiful place
0: okay that's interesting josh that he brings that up because i've heard rave reviews from multiple people and and not just not just Mike but I've heard that if, if there's one you're planning to go to and cover uh, obviously outside of uh, Indianapolis uh, Road America is definitely one to uh, uh, check out and uh, you know we'll see how how things go schedule wise uh, but uh, we may be making a, a, a trip up there so um, like I said Mike you've been covering this for all season now obviously and we're down to the to the nitty-gritty uh, we're down to uh, two races left, uh, razor thin, as, as Josh pointed out in in the points race. Uh, before we talk about uh, Portland, uh, what are some of the things that you have seen in this uh, 2022 season?
2: Man, what a year! It, this has been one of the most hectic years. I feel like every weekend there's you know something wild going on, usually on the track and some weeks off the track too. But you know, it's, I, I was surprised. You know, kind of the, the rookies have been really interesting to me this year where like Kyle Kirkwood the first couple weeks started out like really hot minus Texas I think where he got caught up in a wreck but he was doing really well early now he's kind of faded and then Christian Lungard who I remember DNF'd in Texas I don't know why Texas is like sticking out to me right now and kind of was quiet early in the year now him and Malukas are you know 10 points back on the the rookie of the year battle so i've found the rookie battle super interesting this year just to follow along and then guys who have kind of had a redeeming year you know rosenquist kind of doing much better this year than he has last year even alex rossi like finally got off you know his 50 winless streak and got a win and for the most part since indy has like looked pretty damn good most weeks except was it Iowa that they were terrible? Yeah, I think it was Iowa that they were terrible. So, I've really enjoyed the kind of the you know seeing guys get back to form and and the rookies this year.
0: Yeah, well, the you know speaking of speaking of rookies, I, I know one that you didn't mention. It's not because you, you failed to, but uh, Callum Ilot I I give a yeah, lot of credit yeah. every week uh, to what uh, that team that driver is doing, and just for the simple fact that it's a one car team and the success that he has had only having that, that one car um, I think is definitely gone um, unreported on uh, all year.
2: Yeah. Not only that, like Callum is one of the nicest dudes in the, in the IndyCar pack. He's also like low key hilarious. If you, if you get some time to talk to him, I t- I talked to him, I'm mean, going to talked to him a few times this year, but last year, and ironically last year in Portland, I interviewed him for the bullpen and we talked so long IndyCar is like, yeah, he's got to move on and do other interviews now. Uh, but, you know, he's just that kind of like, you know, it was his first. Was, I think Portland is his first IndyCar race last year, and and he was just instantly comfortable talking to everybody. So he is one to look out for in the future, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and then uh, the what, what David Malukas has done, um, you know, how much influence is is Takuma Sato having on the uh, rookie season that uh, David Malukas is having.
2: Yeah. First off, I remember, I think I was saying this to David last week. So for those listening, David is a monthly co-host with me and my co-host, Frenchie. And the first time I interviewed David was 2018, whatever year he was in Indy Pro 2000, I think at the time was still Pro Mazda. And I said, you're going to be on Indy Car Podium one day. I'm never right. So when I when I make predictions like that that end up right years later, it was a really cool moment. But Sato, I think this year has done a lot for David in terms of confidence and also just kind of like, you know, getting more I don't say more aggressive, but you are know, sticking those elbows out there and and you know, fighting for his space. And you've seen that the last month or so. You know, they share setup advice all the time. Takuma likes his car. A bit different, a bit, a bit looser than David will probably ever like his car, but they do work very well together.
0: Yeah, it obviously uh, you know shows. Even uh, last weekend, I do, or a couple weekends ago, I do believe at St. Louis, you had uh, Dale Coyne Racing. I believe both cars uh, finished uh, top ten, and that's that's got to be definitely exciting for for that race team. But uh, as we're getting down here to the to the nitty gritty, like I said, two races to go. Uh, you know, seven drivers still mathematically eligible uh, to win the uh, uh, points championship. Uh, too early for you, Mike, to uh, make a call. Now, as to who you think is going to uh, walk away with this uh, after uh, Laguna Seca,
2: man, i I'd like to say I am I could pick somebody, but I'm not particularly ever good at predictions. But I know seven are technically still eligible. I think it's really, if I'm gonna like make any prediction, is going to come within the top four. I don't think I think Polo is just a little too far back, especially since. You know the finale hasn't been double points since pre-COVID, so you know that if it was double points, I could be like, okay, you know, Polo, McLaughlin, Pato, yeah, no issue. But I- I'm saying somebody in the first four.
0: Yeah, um, you know, we both went with uh, New Garden. Uh, I think um, this has been his year. I, I think there's no uh, there's no way uh, to uh, to deny that. Uh, and I think he finishes out uh, on top. Um, it, but if you're Roger Pinsky, and, and, and I'm curious to know what you've heard uh, in, in the paddock about this, you know, wh- what do you say? If you're Roger Pinsky, what do you say to not only Will Powers' crew but uh, Joseph Newgarden's crew? Don't wreck each other?
2: I probably don't say too much. You know, Just you guys have done it all year. It's not like they've really – had any kind of moments this year where you're like oh boy i don't i don't know about that so if i if i'm them i'm not putting any any if i'm roger or tim Sindrick or anybody else who's in a management position there i'm saying just do what you've been doing all year otherwise i'm probably not saying too much
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the strategy is in both of those camps, obviously, with uh, two races to go, with the points championship being so uh, razor thin. Uh, We are in uh, Portland uh, this weekend. Uh, Mike, uh, can you give us a little bit of preview, what you uh, foresee uh, taking place uh, in in the great state of Oregon and in Portland this weekend?
2: Yeah, so obviously I think the nice thing about Portland as a track is There are passing opportunities around the track. So you've got a little bit more room for error versus Laguna next weekend. But I I think like the big storyline heading into Portland every year and every year we go there is how many cars will survive turn one. And that's like, you know, that, that will make or break a championship contenders weekend and maybe season if you have you know if you dnf on lap one not saying they will you know last year you saw polo and so polo and dixon just decide like hey you know we're just gonna skip turn one like we don't we don't want anything to do with this we'll take the you know five place penalty uh, you know drop just by slowing down to go off track but yeah man i don't like that's to me like the biggest part of the weekend is lap one turn one or a restart in turn one is managing where you are on track versus who's around you? Like, how do you, how do you play it safe when there's nowhere to go?
0: It's interesting, Mike, that you, you brought that up because at the top of the show, um, you know, Josh mentioned that as well is uh turn one. Is that going to be where it makes or breaks uh, somebody's season, especially when it comes to the, the championship contenders?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the rest of the race there will be passing opportunities you know portland is can be a little bit of a fuel save it's not super grinding on the tires but it's it's all about surviving turn one like that to me like that's the story of portland every year surviving lap one
0: yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see. Uh, Josh, anything uh, you want to uh, ask Mike before we uh, let him go? I know his dog's probably pretty anxious uh, to uh, to go outside for a walk here before it's uh, uh, bedtime. So anything you want to uh, cover, Josh?
2: He's currently eating my socks, so I think <laughs> <laughs> we're all right for a minute.
1: Um, Mike, I... I'm fairly new to uh, IndyCar, even though I've lived in Indy for my entire life. I just never gotten to it until Derek uh, started up this podcast. So I've started to um, look at it a lot more um, closer. What do you think about the possibility of more oval races and more night races being put on to Put onto the onto the schedule. I mean, I think I think a night night oval race with the IndyCar and passing just looks so great on television aesthetically.
2: Yeah, man. I hope NBC, you know, whoever is dictating the gateway schedule, whether it's NBC or IndyCar, some sort of combination of the two, brings it back to a night race because you you saw the last twenty laps of that race were epic. If you could have the whole race under as a night race, would just be amazing. I mean, yes, I would love to be for there to be more ovals. You know, I grew up my first indie car race. I was five or six years old, I think, you know, going to Nazar Speedway. So I went to Nazar Speedway every year as a kid until it, until it closed down. And, you know, then Pocono wasn't far behind. Dover was an hour south of my house. So I, I grew up in Philly until, you know, this year. And, you know, so it's, it's what I'm, you yeah, know, I, I love ovals. The biggest problem is you know to look at Texas crowd this year. There were seven people in the stands. It was ghost quiet. You know, Gateway crowd wasn't great. I think that was due to the time, the weather, and the fact NASCAR was there a couple weeks before. So I, I you know that one I give a little bit of a pass. But like look at Iowa, hy V like kicked ass with promotion. So we've seen this year, and I think you can say with Gateway too, the biggest key to success for IndyCar ovals is the promoter or the sponsor, you know, who's going to put in the work. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. Like, and I think like Milwaukee could be successful with a good promoter. Sure. Kentucky probably, you know, you could get like a good Midwest promoter. Yeah, sure. Outside of like the kind of like the Midwest ovals. I'm not too confident that you're going to get somebody who wants to promote it. And I think that's like the biggest key, whether it's IndyCar or, you know, a high vee that's the biggest thing. Like, I have no I, confidence that Pocono will be, ever be back on an IndyCar schedule.
1: What do you think about going back to Michigan? I uh, My very first uh, actual race that I can remember uh, was up in Michigan. Um, and with Little Caesars now being the new uh, sponsor of the NFL, they could throw some money into, uh, into Michigan and making that race an awesome race, I think.
2: I would love for IndyCar to be back at Michigan because I would love another Super Speedway on the calendar. Super Speedway racing is so fun. My only thing is Michigan being NASCAR owned means that like they're less likely to be like, yeah, come on in IndyCar because it doesn't seem like unless it's in Indy, NASCAR really cares about helping IndyCar in any way. Would I love it? Yes. Do I feel super confident about it? Not as much as the other ones I mentioned, I but know. little Little Caesars as a promoter sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah, the Ilyich
1: family that uh, owns Little Caesars—they also own the Red Wings and the Tigers—they are really into uh, building back up Detroit. And I know the uh, I know okay. they'll be they'll be in Detroit next year. But I think uh, Little Caesars would be a really good sponsor for that race up there, also.
2: Listen, I didn't I, I forgot that the, you know, that family owned everything. So, I mean, that's a good case for, you know, a, a good sponsor that has the funding to, you know, throw seven, eight million dollars behind a, a race weekend.
1: I mean, you could bring in um, you could bring in all kinds. You could bring in uh, Detroit, Detroit Legends or Michigan Legends. You know, you got uh, Kid Rock to do a concert. Eminem could, go, could do something. Bob Seger, something like that would be awesome yeah. for him, I think, for a good weekend. Yeah, let's do
0: it. <laughs> hopefully hopefully, any cars uh, listening here. But, uh, Mike, I know uh, your, your dog seems like he's getting, uh, or he or she, is getting awfully uh, antsy. Um, I know you do some amazing work, as we touched on uh, earlier. Uh, can you tell people where they can find that and follow you if they're not, heaven forbid, if they're not?
2: Yeah. How dare you? Uh, no, just kidding. Totally fine. Uh, go to, I think Twitter is like the easiest place and just go to the podcast Twitter. It's at pit lane parlay P A R L E Y. We post everything there. I probably won't do too much tweeting this weekend, but you know, on a normal race weekend for the most part, I'm pretty active on there, posting updates and whatnot. So yeah. Go check it out. Lots of cool stuff coming this offseason that I, in our own silly season way, cannot yet talk about, but will be really exciting.
0: He's actually going to define what a contract is. I'm kidding. I don't know. No, um- def- <laughs>
2: definitely not smart enough to figure anything like that out.
0: No. No. Uh, but you know what? You're smarter than you say. But uh, Mike, again, uh, huge thank you for carving a little bit yeah, of time. Thank you, Mike.
1: Yeah, no yeah, problem. Out guys.
0: of out of your busy schedule, obviously, uh, to uh, to join us, we'll definitely have to uh, uh, have you back, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to cross paths here soon. Uh, if not, uh, I guess we'll have to wait till Saint Petersburg.
2: You guys, you guys are both in Indy, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Is anybody going to NHRA this weekend?
1: Um, actually, I can't. He actually
0: does the uh, – he's closer to the uh, speed uh, drone and does okay.
1: security there.
0: So, yeah. But I completely forgot Got that that's again.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there Saturday. Okay. So if anybody that's listening is going to be at NHRA on Saturday, you know, feel free to shoot me a message and I will say hello.
0: Yeah, and we'll, I know we've talked about uh, maybe getting together this offseason. We'll yeah. definitely have to uh, send me a spot message. out and, and figure something out. But uh, Mike, again, good. huge – Yep. Huge. Thank you. Uh, definitely uh, check him out, uh, this weekend and the uh, rest of the, uh, 2022, uh, NTT IndyCar series season. Uh, Mike, again, huge. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll talk down the road.
2: Thanks guys. I'll see you later. Thanks
1: Mike. Bye.
0: Uh, Good stuff there. Go uh, go check him out on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Give him a follow if you are not uh, following him uh, already. And and like I said, heaven forbid that you guys aren't following him. Uh, Shame on you, because uh, definitely putting out uh, putting out some great uh, content over there at uh, Pit Lane Parlay. Uh, we will get in to our uh, next guest here should be coming in uh, momentarily. And then also, too, we do have uh, some news and notes uh, to uh, to finish off with uh, just a, uh, a spoiler. Uh, good to see a new entry, well, not a new entry, uh, but another entry into uh, Laguna Seca uh, coming up at the uh, the end of the season. Uh, also, like I said we're waiting on uh, Mike from uh, burnout bets burnout sports uh, to uh, to join us uh, while we do that uh, Josh, want to get your thoughts on on some of the things that uh, Mike uh, uh,
1: commented on very informative um, it it puts a uh, you know everyone thinks that uh, reporters or media people just go around and they eat they eat steak and lobster up in the booth and don't really but don't really uh, do too much work other than writing and videotaping. But I mean, when you're taking six, seven hour drives to make it to, uh, to make it places or sleeping on, sleeping in airport benches just to make it, it shows how much dedication they have to it. Um, Yes, you may, you may, you get to meet all kinds of cool people, you know, Roger Penske, Alex Pelot, the, the who's who of the IndyCar, car, but, you really have to you have to be dedicated to be able to do that, to give up time from your family, give up time from just anything that you want to do, to, to be so dedicated to that. Um, he's a very knowledgeable person. Uh, I learned a lot from him uh, as I've learned a lot from you. And um, I'll get better at uh, knowing more and more about this sport through just listening to guys like you. And guys like Mike,
0: yeah, he's you know he, he's definitely spot on. Um, you, you know, you think about it, and, and, I, and I've been able to go to uh, to ha- a handful um, of, of of events. You know, compared to uh, the the numbers that Mike's done, and, and you got to think the track opens at at seven a.m. Uh, Media center opens at the same time, so you're there. You know, 7 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, you're there covering, you know, if it's practice, qualifying, you know, whatnot, race uh, race day. And then, you know, depending on what the weather does, uh, how the race goes, the race flow, um, you know, you couldn't, you might not get out of there till 7 o'clock at night. So you're putting in, you know, a 12, 13 hour day, you know, just to come back and, and do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Mike wasn't sugarcoating anything. He's absolutely, uh, spot on. And, you know, like uh, for Nashville, for us, you know, it may only be a four hour drive, uh, but it's, you know, it's 10, 12 hour day, day weekend. So uh, he's absolutely spot on. Um, and, and, you know, traveling by air, you know, that just as well as I do, how big of a hassle uh, that can be at times with on, on, you know, on time flights, delays, layovers, etc. So, you know, Mike wasn't sugarcoating uh, anything uh, uh, at all. But uh, speaking of, uh, of Mike's, I guess, Josh, this is the, I guess we should have labeled this the Mike and Mike show. Uh, but uh, Mike from uh, Indie Bets, uh, Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets, you, know, you name it, he wears the hat, uh, is, is joining us. Uh, Mike, first and foremost, as always, uh, thank you for uh, carving a little bit of time as you have all year. We're down to just uh, two races left. You can believe it or not in this uh, NTT uh, IndyCar series. Uh, how are things over there at uh, at the Homestead?
3: They're good. They're good, man. All good. Excited for these last two races. Excited for uh, football to get started. I'm watching, you know, my Purdue plus three bet blow in my face this Purdue does dumb crap. But uh, that's okay because I'm gonna make some money back. betting IndyCar. <laughs> that well, interception
1: think- wasn't an interception, by the way. Just letting you know. Uh, I didn't think so either. It hit the ground.
3: Not...
1: <laughs> Sorry, but I Purdue also think... Purdue also has to tackle that tight end a lot better.
3: i get before back to we that get in a into, into <laughs> yeah, before,
0: before well before we get into uh, Portland this weekend. I think you kind of answered to Josh's question from last week. He wanted to know um, if you bet on more than just uh, IndyCar, and, and I think you've uh, you've kind of answered that question there.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, really, I got into betting on other things. And then, you know, because of my IndyCar fandom, um, you know, that led me to kind of get into IndyCar betting. Uh, I, I love betting on golf. Golf is one of the sports. Uh, I enjoy playing, but I also much very much enjoy betting on golf and golf is a fun sport to bet. It's very similar to IndyCar as a matter of fact. And, uh, yeah, trust me, I will have, uh, uh a full card of NFL and college football bets. And, um, there will for sure, uh, the, uh, plenty of money flowing around in, in the bank accounts over the next couple months.
0: All right. What I'll have to do, I'll have to give uh, Josh your uh, Twitter handle so he can go and, and check that out. But uh, getting back to, uh, to the, the business at hand here, uh, Portland this weekend. Um, I, I think we, we've all come to the conclusion. Uh, it's going to be a, a war of attrition, especially when you go into uh, turn one, as Josh pointed out earlier, and then Mike from a uh, Pit Lane Parlay, who we just had on, uh, reiterated that uh, odds come out uh, earlier today. Any anything jump off at you right off the bat?
3: Yeah, I've already made a couple bets. Um, you know, just kind of a couple of betting strategy things for this race. Uh, this is definitely one of those courses where you want to be up front. Um, you know, obviously the goal in betting pre qualifying is to try to find guys who are going to qualify at that top, especially and this track is. Uh, you know, last year, the guys who, uh, qualified one, two, three, finished one, two, three. Uh, I believe the winner, uh, has come out of the top six or top eight, uh, in every single port in the race we've ever had. So, you know, we need guys that they're going to qualify fast We need guys have good history. Um, and then the other big question mark I had for this race is, is what to do with the Penske cars. Um, you know, if you look at the data and, and the research Penske sucks at this track they're terrible. Like I don't want any part of Joseph. I think I just saw he has a grid penalty. Uh, that was breaking. I don't know if you guys talked about that yet. Um, you know, you got that. Uh, power hasn't qualified well on natural road courses this year. He seems to kind of like, you know, for the guy who's you know the greatest qualifier, well, almost the greatest qualifier in the history of any car, he's kind of shit to bed when it comes to qualifying on road courses this year. Um, and McLaughlin's been solid you know he's he's somebody I always like because you get him at longer odds but what to do with the Penske cars and really what I'm doing right now is fading them Um, and that's because the numbers were just low like this is a situation where I'm betting numbers not necessarily drivers and the drivers that have the best history had bigger numbers so uh, Pillow at 10 to 1 jumped out off the page of me right away Uh, I know back a couple months ago you know the plan was to fade Pillow based on all the, the circus going on but it seems to have not affected him and he's a stud at this track. Um, so Polo, if you can see top three bets on top three and the win bets on Polo, I put some money down on him at 10 to one um, Rossi is another guy. Awesome track history. Um, you know, I love it when I get Rossi before qualifying at, at uh, 14, 15 to one, he's sitting there, I think at 14 to one, uh, you can see there's different, you know, shop around, there's different sports books that have different numbers uh, on those guys. So the best number that you can get fine, but uh Rossi's another guy that I put a bet on. Uh, and I also like Rosenquist is kind of a long shot bet. Uh, Rosenquist is qualified in the top six in every single Portland race. Uh, he's, he's put it up there. Uh, he's sitting at 20 to one. If he qualifies in the top six on Sunday. That number is going to be 10 to one or less. So I want that 20 to one now on Rosenquist with the, with the thought being he's going to put it in the fast six uh, and his betting line is going to come way down and I'll be sitting pretty with a 20 to one ticket rather than making a decision to bet him on Sunday at, six to one, seven to one. So those are the three I bet. Um, All double digit numbers. All guys, I think, can put it in the top six and have a shot at winning the race. I also split the bets, you know, top threes. I love the Polo top three. Uh, I like Dixon top three fuel mileage races, scream Dixon. Uh, He's got some great history here. They were one, two. Um, so Dixon is another guy. If you got a top three market available to you, I'd look for his top three number. I've seen a couple of three to ones, two and a half to ones. That's really good. If he qualifies top three, uh, on the race on Sunday, his top three betting line is going to be even money or worse. Um, so if you can get that now at two to one, three to one, you want to grab that. Um, so those are the guys. And then I think the other angle, uh, we just had, uh, you know, we did a burnout bets, Twitter spaces, uh, earlier tonight with Tony um there's a couple of group bets um and we got our eyes on the ray hall guys uh we like both christian and ray hall uh i put a little baby bet in on graham at 40 to 1 um uh i like both of them top five which is five to one i think those are good bets for both of those guys ray hall should have won this race last year he got screwed on a caution uh he is running away with the thing um so at 40 to one he's been doing he's been pretty hot lately we obviously know i I definitely have uh, he he made me a ton of money uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, with all his matchup bets, you know. So I think they're coming around the corner in the Ray Hall camp. So I'm gonna have my eyes on Ray Hall uh, for matchups again and uh, Lungar. So, uh, so yeah, a bunch of bets, bunch of stuff kind of jumped off the page. Even though I did kind of start off by saying like this is definitely a track you got to be careful with the pre qualifying bets because uh, we know this is IndyCar. These guys are all within a second of each other doesn't take much. Uh, if you're buried in the back of the pack going into turn one in Portland, you're in trouble. Um, so you want to be at the top. So I'm going to save a little bit of most of my bankroll for Sunday after qualifications. I want to see what the Penske cars do. Uh, but ultimately, like I said, I like those numbers on Palo, Rossi, uh, Dixon top three, and Rosenquist. So I jumped on those.
0: Here, we'll, we'll fix the, uh, the Team Penske uh, problem. Fade. I, I'm fading them. I, I'm absolutely fading them uh, this weekend. I mean, I know where they're at in points, obviously, and, and uh, with two races to go, I, I'm fading them. Uh, but the three locks that I have, uh, you've already mentioned one, uh, Alex Pillow. Uh, I like Colton Herta, and I like Alexander Rossi. Mm-hmm. That's that's my three locks. Um, people I, I think uh, you need to keep an eye on that I don't remember you mentioned. I know you mentioned the uh, the Errol McLaren SP guys, uh, Ed Carpenter Racing keep, keep an eye on them. Uh, Meyer Shank, uh, Marcus Erickson, David Malukas and Calam Ila. And then, uh, and then, uh, like I said, I'm fading anything to do with team Penske. I'm not huge on, uh, Ray on, uh, uh, Le- uh Ray Hall letterman landing and racing this weekend. Just not, just not, uh, Scott Dixon. I know he's the goat. Just, I'm fading him too. Um, and then, um, Takuma Sato as well, but uh, but yes, uh, Alex Pillow definitely. Uh, I think he's probably going to be one of the most uh, uh, betted uh, this weekend for sure.
3: Yeah, look, it's all about the number. I mean, Pelo is sitting at ten to one at Caesars right now. Um, that's just a great. Like Pillow should be sitting at the same spot as Herda, Dixon, McLaughlin. Like, there's no reason that McLaughlin should be six to one and 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 ten to one. So it's really about the value um, of the bet. Um, Rossi twelve to one at Caesars. Yeah, you know Penske I'm, I, I want to see it first if I see, you know they tested here uh, and there's I'm sure there's a reason you know they went't tested here last week is because they know that they weren't good at this track and they got their butts kicked uh, last year and the year before so um you know if anybody's gonna figure stuff out it's it's Penske they got this they pay them you know they got the biggest budget they got the smartest guys um, so I'll keep an eye on that I think I'll save those Penske bets for maybe on Sunday if they do qualify well. Uh, but already with with Joseph getting the grid penalty, if that's if that's accurate, um, and power I don't you know expect him. He he he's made mistakes qualifying on these courses. So yeah, look, I want to jump on those bigger numbers. You know, the goal of betting before qualifying is to get these big numbers in my pocket. Uh, so that just opens uh, my betting card to do a bunch more stuff on Sunday. Uh, if I've already got Polo ten to one, it, he puts it in the top three, Eve twelve to one, and then Rosenquist. But yeah, the, most of the other guys you mentioned, like I'm off Lucas this week. Um, you know he's been just middling okay on the road courses. He's you know that he was great on the short oval, okay but uh you know if I can if if he gets a lot of attention in maybe the head to head market, uh, I'll probably be on the other side. It'll depend on who, obviously who he's against. but like if you showed me Ray Hall versus Malucas at even money or minus 110, I would go uh, and grab Ray Hall with that for sure. So it all depends on, you know, betting is about the numbers sometimes, not the drivers. So, this is kind of the direction I'm going this week when they laid these numbers out there. And look, I think is okay too. Herta's sitting at Caesars, eight to one. I saw him in another book. Uh, I think DraftKings had him at nine or eight and a half to one. Um, that's a high number for Herta, who's, who's got some good history on this track as well. So, um, if you're, you know, I would you can't bet them all. You got to kind of pick and choose. I went with the bigger numbers, but herda was definitely uh, had my eye as well.
0: Josh, before you jump in here, um, just to confirm uh, what you were asking earlier, Mike, uh, according to uh, motorsport.com, uh, Newgarden will lose six places from his qualifying position uh, for this weekend's Grand Prix of Portland. Apparently, this was due to the fact that the number two car uh, has had an engine, an early engine change, uh, which on ovals cost the uh, entrant nine grid spots and on road and street courses uh, cost them six. So uh, New Garden's already in a, a a hole already.
3: Yeah, that's a killer. You can't you can't bet him at Portland with that happening because um, you need to be up front. That's what the history shows us. So there's no way I'm going to touch him at four to one. Um, and I'm going to wait. You know, wait to see if he qualifies. If he qualifies on the pole, you know, and then maybe you know think about backing it up. But usually the sports books don't know about these grid penalties and they screw this up. So if you get New Newgarden, you might get some matchups where you get some, you know, somebody qualifies one or two, or he let's say he qualifies one or two, but we know he's going to start six or seven because uh, of the grid penalty. We can we can if you if you're fast on Sunday, you can grab that and get a really good number against him.
0: Uh, Josh, I know this is uh, this is your wheelhouse. Uh, anything you want to uh, you know wrap this
1: up with Mike? Oh, I'm just looking at uh, – look, I, I bet with Caesars a lot. And um, the top five uh, bet, uh, Dalton it at 75-1. Uh, to one. That just – you know, I'm a big reacher. I mean, it, would, would it be silly to put $10 on him? Just 75-1 to one, just, you know, top five. That's all he has to do is top five. Has he ever had a top five? You never know. I mean, this yeah. could <laughs> be the weekend. Ten, uh, $10 dollars.
0: Let's see. Let me go
1: to the top. Let me take a peek. Well, while you do that,
0: uh, Josh, keep this in mind. Uh, along with the penalty to New Garden, uh, the aforementioned uh, Dalton Kellett uh, will receive a grid penalty as well uh, this weekend for the same reason. So that that uh, seventy-five to one may shoot up more.
1: Okay, well then I'll go with Jimmy Johnson, who's also seventy-five to one. My favorite. I was just gonna
3: say I'd rather if you want to play with the seventy-five, I'd rather go the Jimmy direction and see if he can just kind of, you know, hey, half the field could crash out on turn one. We get a couple restarts, uh, chaos happens. He he had he put it in the top five kind of just by cruising in the back before. It is a fuel save race. Like, there you go. So. Seventy-five yeah. to one, Jimmy sixty to one, Delvin, and then it, and then obviously it gets a little it gets yeah. lighter, lighter there. So there you go. You can have you can throw a couple bucks that way.
1: Yeah, but uh, what really did jump out until you guys told me about the um, the pe- no actually that's the new guard that has a penalty. How, how is Alex Pillow a ten to one after he's he was the winner of this last year? I would figure he would be bet higher than that.
3: They're they're making the odds based on the points in the championship for the most part um and some history but yeah i it jumped right out at me i don't know uh, i think it's i think it's wrong which is why i bet it so when i see when you see numbers that you think are wrong that's that's where you jump um and that's that's how you long long term you get you know you, you're looking for expected value so the more ev you can get you jump on it and you you hope it hits so they've done the same the books have done the same thing with power all year um you know it hasn't really translated into wins it's translated into polls with some great numbers which have allowed me to make money elsewhere on top threes um and, and other than bets. But yeah, power usually gets too high a number for a guy that qualifies so well. And and yeah, I think this is a kind of a mistake with with Palo. I don't know why it's 10 to 1. I, I would have expected six, seven, eight range. So give me the 10 all day. And and same thing with Rossi with Rossi's track history here. Um yeah, Rossi. And then you know they also I think the sports books don't really pay attention to know the difference between ovals um, you know, New York just won the Oval. It's a, it's a totally different ball game. And, you know, if you're an IndyCar fan, you follow the sport, you follow racing, um, you can kind of combine those two. It's all about, you know, it's about information and numbers. And, and the more you have of that, uh, you have an edge over the, trying to get an edge over the sports book.
0: Okay. So... So, so definitely go out and, uh, and put, uh, put money on pillow, uh, this weekend is basically what, uh, Mike is saying indirectly, but, uh, uh, Mike, I'm sure you and, and Tony and everyone over there at uh, burnout sports, burnout bets, uh, will have a uh, Twitter space again, uh, before Sunday's race.
3: Yeah. We'll, we'll be planning to jump on Sunday to sometime around two 33 close to, you know, as close to green flag as possible. So we can see all the, every, every bet out there, but we'll be, you know, uh, keep an eye on the Twitter. Uh, we'll, we'll tag burnout bets and, and uh, my, at yeah, any underscore bet for me, I'll put my card out in the morning and then as I make bets or see bets, uh, we'll put it out there and hopefully we can kind of have the same kind of big community win like we had on Ray Hall on all his head to heads last week. And uh, we can make it happen.
0: Mike, good stuff as always. Uh, glad that you've been able to uh, join us uh, all season long, I uh, look forward to not only finishing up uh, the uh, last two races we have here, uh, but uh, like we said, we have uh, college and NFL uh, football coming up. But let's, uh, let's make some money uh, there as well. Uh, Mike, again, huge thank you. And where can people find you if they have not found you already?
3: Yeah, keep an eye. Like I said, Burnout Bets, uh, it's at Burnout Bets on Twitter and then at indie underscore bet. Uh, you see it flashing on the screen there. That's uh, everything. I'll put up everything there. Feel free to send me any messages. I try to respond to most everything uh, I get when people ask questions about any car betting. And uh, yeah, the more uh, more people we can get betting, betting, the better. Kansas just opened up for betting uh, this this week. That's another huge market. Indiana's dropping like a couple hundred million a month in uh, sports gambling. If you look at the the numbers coming out of the, out of there, so it's it's blowing up. I think thirty something states now. Um, and, uh, my hope is that IndyCar is just something big on the menu. We still got a long way to go for IndyCar sports betting, um, to get mainstream. And, and hopefully the more we can talk about it, uh, mean, make people a little money here and there, if we can, uh, get excited about it. And I think it makes IndyCar more exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, Mike, uh, huge thank you for joining us. Uh, good luck this weekend and we look forward to see what you
3: got for us. All right, guys. Have a good night.
0: Thanks, Mike. All right, good stuff there. Make sure you check uh, Mike out on social media if you want to win some uh, some scratch, as the uh, as the uh, great uh, Dan Dockich would say. Uh, go check out Mike over there on uh, Twitter, uh, Burnout Bets and Burnout Sports. Uh, Josh, we have one more segment uh, left to go, and it is our news and notes uh, from the week before we drop the checkered flag. On this episode, uh, as we mentioned, just some uh, late breaking news, uh, Mike from uh, burnout bets, burnout sports. Uh, keep in mind this weekend that not only Joseph Newgarden, but Dalton Kellett, uh, both uh, have received grid penalties and they will lose six places uh, from their qualifying positions, respectively, uh, this weekend uh due to the both cars uh the number 2 and the number 4 having a early engine change so uh, keep that in mind and then also too I know we teased this uh, earlier in the show uh but uh, this is a, a great story uh taking place uh, uh Peretta Autosports uh, was able to this week to bring on turn on green uh, announces sponsorship with Peretta Autosport for IndyCar's Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey again, aka Lunaseca. Uh, Turn on Green, a green energy technology and power supply company and subsidiary of Bitnile Holdings Incorporated, announced today. Uh, this was this week that it'll be the it, it, it will be the primary sponsor of the number sixteen Peretta Autosport Chevrolet for the upcoming Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey on September 9th through September 11th. The NTT IndyCar Series season finale at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California will be the fourth race for the 2000 in the 2022 Peretta Autosport and its driver Simona De Silvestro, a Swiss native, uh, Josh uh, named the Iron Maiden. Peretta Autosport is the only female-owned, female-driven and female forward team in the NTT IndyCar series Uh, continuing the legacy that started at their groundbreaking 2021 Indianapolis 500 effort with a team comprised of more than 65% women, including the over the wall crew members. The team continues to inspire diverse interest in STEM through racing. And then here is a, a couple quotes here before we get on out of here. We are pleased to have true green, Tr- turn on green, Come on board as our primary sponsor for the NTT IndyCar season series finale, which enabled us to add one more race to our 2022 calendar, said Beth Peretta, CEO and team pr- principal of Pereira Auto Sports. Adding a fourth race this season will not only strengthen Simona's and our team's breadth of knowledge and experience, but will reinforce our goal of continual growth as we look towards an even more more robust 2023. So uh, glad to see, Josh, that uh, uh, Peretta Autosport was able to add one more race uh, to their season, the season finale there at uh, Laguna Seca. But uh, good stuff here, I think, uh, tonight, Josh. Great knowledge. Uh huge thank you to uh, both Mike's, uh, Mike from uh, Pit Lane Parlay. Uh, for joining us and previewing uh, Portland along with us. And then Mike from Burnout Sports, Burnout Bets uh, at uh, Bet IndyCar uh, for dropping the latest uh, sportsbook numbers and who to look out for this weekend. Uh, Josh, any closing remarks before we drop the checkered flag?
1: That car, yeah, the paint scheme on that thing is very it's very fire, very nice. Um, whoever, whoever created that paint scheme, Top notch. Um, I am looking forward to uh, watching the race this coming weekend. Um, Got to work till two, but then the race doesn't get on till three thirty. So I will be watching it on Peacock because I have that uh, when I have Xfinity, and um, I'm I'm excited. Uh, gonna put some bets down probably after the uh, after qual after I find out qualifying. I have I just put a bet down. Um, about five or six minutes ago, while we were on the air, uh, it was not that long shot bet, bet, but I did find something that I liked, and uh, hopefully, it, hopefully, it pans out for him. And I'll let you know if it does pan out after the race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to do the same. Um, I'm looking to probably about ten bucks or so on uh, on on Pillow. Uh, I, I think uh, you know he dominated last. Well, obviously, Graham Rahal dominated last year, and it wasn't for a uh, you know a mishap there uh graham won the race but alex pillow picked it up and and ran with it and uh, and finished first so i think that's where i'm gonna be looking to put my money towards uh this weekend is alex pillow uh josh before we go you want to give us a a race winner
1: i am gonna go with i'm gonna go with uh, I think he pulls. I think he pulls off the win. Uh, he's going to, uh, and I, but I think New Garden is going to come in a, a close third, with Scott Dixon coming in second.
0: Interesting. Can't wait to see how uh, how that plays out. That'd be a lot of uh, ground to make up there for um, for uh, New Garden. Turn uh, one.
1: Turn yeah. one's going to be a yep. turn one's uh, during restarts and during the start of the thing. I guarantee you, cars are going to go out.
0: Yeah, definitely going to be the uh, the turn to watch uh, when the green flag drops. But uh, first, again, huge thank you as I as I reiterated uh, to Mike Yokum over there at uh, Pit Lane Parlay uh, for joining us, and then also to huge thank you as always as he has done all year, uh, Mike from uh, Burnout Sports uh, Burnout Bets uh, at uh, Bet uh, or Bet Indy. Uh, over there on the the Twitter machine uh, for joining us as he has all year and given us uh, the insight uh, to gambling. And hopefully he has won you some money. And then also, too, a huge thank you to uh, Josh, as always, uh, for joining us. I believe this could be. Uh, his last show of the year. I know he's got a prior engagement uh, next week, so uh, maybe he can make it for the, uh, uh, the wrap-up show. Uh, we'll have to see how uh, schedules play out. So a huge thank you to uh, him uh, for joining us as well. So that does it for episode number 14. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week to uh, take a look at uh, and recap Uh, what we're anticipating as an exciting race there at the Grand Prix of Portland. So uh, for myself, uh, Josh, and everyone else here at the Push to Pass podcast, we will see you in the next episode. Bye.